Welcome back, Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy, Cheese. I have the good audio right now. Um, but with me, as always, uh, fresh off the fresh sands of worldwide traveling, the bodyguard. I'm still waiting for your invoice. Um, send me that invoice. Kalina, a.k.a. Calzingas, how are you? Um, I'm doing fairly well. I just got in today from Puerto Rico, so I'm a little bit tired, but also... A little bit like hurting, also sunburnt. <laughs> a little too sun kissed. Um, you figure living that Miami life probably will help you, but if you're getting like direct rays, nah. it might be a little uh, tender. It's good to have you. We're doing things differently in this recording. The audience probably wouldn't know that until we say it, but usually we record at late night after a hard day at work and all the kids are in bed. Yeah, yeah. At least my, all my kids are in bed and there's no noise. But this is in the middle of like the day for us on a Sunday because our, our guests, we didn't want them to wait till like five in the morning uh, to record. <laughs> um, so sometimes when we get these guests for you, it's like coordinating universal times is not so easy. So and then we're going to stretch the Internet. But we're excited for our guests uh, today. Maybe two. So we won't put it out there yet. We'll put one out there. We'll see one might creep in. But we're excited to have. On with us, one of been doing it for a little bit. One of the most prolific MCs right now from over in the UK, and one of my favorite MCs the last three four years. Fiber, aka Fiber Optics, is uh-huh. here. Fiber, how are you? Good afternoon. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's afternoon for you. It's evening for me. About eight PM over here. Good, good evening but to you. Like you highlighted, yeah, like you highlighted, this was an extenuating circumstance. And yeah, I like that you catered for me. And you you know, you took into consideration my timing. Yeah. Because I mean, we're, we're lab rats. We're in the lab till late, but five is stretching it a little, you know? Like, I need my quality sleep. <laughs> it's, it's good to have you. Your latest project with Yellow Point just released. I would love to say the name yeah, of the sure. album, but I've heard that there's many different ways of saying the album. I'm sure I could get the first yeah. name right, Renee. Uh, I'm sure I could get that right. How do you we actually what pronounce that? What about the, the second album? part? No, that I, I'm gonna butcher it. Well, gonna butcher it. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an umbrella over it and say it's each to their own. It's about how you want to pronounce it. But the the correct way to actually pronounce it in French is Marianne. Yeah, but it, but I mean, like you can say Mezrin. Morena. I've heard a couple of people say Morena as well before. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, for, if you're reading it out, it's like, it's spelled M-E-S-R-I-N-E, but it's got an accent there. So, it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, a typical, a tip, like me, a typical Brooklyn boy. Anytime I see an accent yeah. at the end of any name, I don't know how to switch it anyway. So I just pronounce it the way Word. I read it. Um, so no one taught exactly. me that in yeah. school, like the accent part. I just figured out how to do it on my phone that if you hold the, the letter down that the accent options come up. So I'm way behind <laughs> these accent games. Um, say, saying that, wh- when was the, the the beginning of the concept of this latest mm-hmm. project? It's already doing very well over in Bandcamp. The, the, the sales looking really strong. I already ordered my beautiful pink uh, pre-order. I got it. I'm, I'm waiting for it. When did this idea start? start um and what was the foundation for um, it i'd say um it was around november time um i hit up gallo and what we normally do before we start a project is 
we look at what we have already because we're always cooking throughout the year. Um, so we, we stockpile songs and they have different moods depending on the season as well. Um, but this time around, we wanted to start from scratch. We were like, we want to make something which has kind of longevity to it. So it, it appeals to people in the winter. It has those dark songs, those gritty songs. Then it also has some smooth songs to it. And he calls me up one evening and he's like, yo, Fiber, I found the name of our album. And I'm like, yeah, what's it called? And he goes, Rene Mezrin. And I'm like, Rene Mezrin, what's that? And he goes, Rene Mezrin, you know, the prolific criminal. I'm like, oh, yes, I remember because I've seen the film Mezrin. Uh, with Vincent Cassell in it, and um, that that was a masterpiece, by the way. Shout him out. Not that he's going. Well, he might hear it. He never does. But yeah, um, then I, then I, you get me. I, I, yeah, we're at him definitely. You never know, man. Nowadays with social media, but yeah, um, I, I started looking at you know his his life, his life, his timeline, and you know everything that he did in his life, and it was it was crazy. The dude was a nutcase, but. He was the modern day Robin Hood, like he stole from the rich, gave to the poor. I mean, in the process, he ruffled a lot of feathers, you could say, rattled a lot of cages and whatnot. But, you know, we thought this is quite good because it fits in not only with our branding, which is the Create Division kind of sound, but it gives us a kind of uh, pace to our project. So we wanted to follow his, his lifestyle. You know, he had loads of ups and downs in his life, many peaks, many troughs, hard times, good times. Good times with women and whatnot. So I wanted to, I wanted the project to encapsulate all of this, and so did Gallo. So I was literally specking beats for him. I said, look, I want a beat like this at 95 BPM, with this sound, this kind of sample. My man's a genius. I've got to shout him out because without him, this wouldn't have been possible. Because like, he, he's just he's so versatile with the beats. But he'd send me a pack of three like the same night. Like yo, check these out. And I'm like, this is spot on. I want all three of these. But in reality, I could only pick one because it was, you know, I had a slot for each track. And yeah, we just started building and it took two months. We, we made the album. Uh, we had like an extra 12 tracks uh, at the end, but we kind of we put them to the side. They may come out on a mixtape. I'm not saying anything too much right now, but um, yeah, that, that's how it, that's the conception of the project, so to speak. I mean, and I can already tell, like, I can already tell that between you guys, you guys already have like a good working relationship yeah. because you guys already came out with something, you know, a project already together, um, yeah. Voynich uh, Manuscript. And I could tell, like, just by off of, just off that, you guys were really good together. But what you just said right now, the beats that he picked were specific to yeah. you and to the project it was totally different and i can hear it yeah. it was really really good he did a good selection on this one thank you thank you it's much appreciated yeah i mean i'd like to think you know you know before you release a project um you kind of assess the landscape you look at what you know uh, you know others are doing what the market's doing where it's moving you know the, you look at the, the sonicalities and music and whatnot and you know, you take that in, but you want to offer something different. You want you want to offer something that represents you, or you're just another grain of sand in the wave. You know, that's so right. Speak. Yeah. So there was an air of nervousness before we released it. Like there's, there always is. You have that, but it's good nervousness. It's not like, oh my god, I'm shitting it. What's gonna happen? It's more like you know, let's see how the people respond. And it was overwhelming in the end because I guess you know you don't realize when you're going through the whole process, you're you're working on tracks, you're mixing them yourself, you're, you're mastering them. You hear them a hundred times over. They, you know, you kind of get that fatigue in your ear at first because you, you, you're numb to it in a sense. So to fresh ears, is completely different. And yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just to, just to cap on that, 
people have received it really well and we've got some really good feedback so we're happy with that and we, we appreciate everyone sharing it and liking it and buying it continue yeah. to do so please <laughs> go do that link is in the bio um <laughs> go do, in the bio. don't get yeah. mad if you don't get the vinyl at regular prices and then you try to buy it in the second higher market at double the price because you guys slept on the projects i ain't naming no names i'm just saying i ain't selling mines so don't come yeah. at me saying that and i mean you go. can obviously you can stream it but you can still buy it on itunes like you go to yeah. itunes you may have the streaming service but what i do instead i just go to itunes buy, buy what i want or buy yep. the whole album and you're still supporting. I guess people are just like, oh, I have the streaming, you know, capability. Yeah, you do, yeah. but that's not helping the artist. So you're not, stop being yeah. cheap. You're not yeah. getting the percentage. And I would still she recommend. I would still recommend going through Bandcamp only because the man takes a little less, <laughs> and the artist yeah. get a little more. So uh, I would yeah. go there first, and then they'll you could download the MP3s. That's typically how I do. Um, saying that your relationship. Uh, with Gallo Point is an interesting one, not only for the working relationship, but just the creativeness is there. There seems to be a lot of synergy that's there, not only with you, but the rest of the Crate Division gang. And we all know at this point, I could I lost count of how many projects he released this year already. I know he had the Himlo one, yeah. and the Falcon Crest one. It's just he's just dropping things at a pace that I'm like yeah. I can't keep up, which is a great thing. How is the process with him? Here's this idea. Here's this new record. These are the type of beats I want. Here's a few ideas. Is it you get the beats, you write the rhymes, you send it back, feedback is given, are you guys cooking up in the, in the studio? What's going on? What's the process like? Um, I've got like a, a, a portable studio, you could say, like a home studio. So I have that facility. So, I mean, the way I, I think it's good because... I mean, although you have to engineer your own stuff, uh, when creativity strikes and you're in that mood, you know everything's calm and you're just ready. You've got that energy for the song. You can just record it there and then. And, like, I send it to Gallo. We do, like, a QA. He listens to it. He's like, yes, thumbs up, job done. And uh, that's added to, like, yeah, we're going to keep part. Then there's some which we may have, which he's like, you know what, maybe we can try and finesse it differently. Maybe we might try a different beat. And we put that in the maybe part. But I mean, very rarely, I mean, and this isn't even like trying to like, you know, blow our own ego or nothing, but like very rarely we're like, now nah, we're going to scrap it. If anything, it's me who says that because we're super critical of our own work. Even him, like with some beats, he's like, oh man, it's not my strongest beat. But I'm like, yo, Gala, that's a fucking gem, bro. You know, like, you don't you know, understand, like, that's beautiful. So, you know, it, it's good because we're very open and you have to be. You can't just agree to everything. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, you have to be open. You have to have you know, give real feedback, constructive feedback and whatnot. Otherwise, you're never going to better your product now, by leveling this, up. Like, on this one particularly, like, did you plan on having less features? Like, did you purposely do that? Like, oh, you know, yeah. I don't want too many people on this. Did yeah. you do that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. It was all intentional because I think an artist really shines if he can hold his own for over 75% of the album. Um, because Which you can. Some yeah, well, thank you. I mean, like that, I like to think I, I can, but you know, well, I had I, was, I had a string of features that I wanted to do um, initially, but then I toned them down, and I thought I only want to do features with people that I've met in the flesh. And of course, DS was going to be on their shout. Daniel Sonny's killing it at the moment. Uh, he's my brother, and you know, he's he's been on every album because we. I remember since you know when Gallo found him and whatnot, you know, and added him to Crate Division and whatnot. It was it was. Uh, 
we've been working together since then. So he was a definite sure shot. Um, Rome, I met when I was in Brooklyn. Um, sorry, no, in Jersey at the Crime Apple show and the Brown Bag show. Um, and we chopped it up there. So I thought, you know, I want to work with him. Um, and yeah, Sonny Jim, I'm always going to his lab. Like, we chill on the regular. So it only made sense for him to be on the album as well. Parky as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys are aware yeah. of Michael Parky. Yeah. Yes. Parky's he, a dog. You know what? That song, man, On The Wire. Fire. Yeah. He killed yeah. that. Parky is a don. Yeah. He's an OG. Like, I mean, I always tell him, I'm like, bro, you know what? You, I don't feel like he gets the respect he deserves. He's a certified vet. Like, he's been putting out projects for years. Uh, yeah, shout him out as well, man. Shout, shout Parky out. Uncle Parky, I like to call him. <laughs> Definitely. There's an interesting conversation now with hip-hop. A nice come uh-huh. up from the underground scene, international folks as well. There still, still yep. seems to be a little bit of a divide uh-huh. with international MCs not getting as much recognition as they deserve. You dropped a, a brilliant album with Stu Banger last year, Magnolia, and yet it didn't seem to get the recognition it deserved at the end of the year. Me, Kalina, we love that record. We talked about it a few times. And we love Stu, but it wasn't generating yeah, the, the the push. And a lot of the what I keep kept hearing from the circles I'm in was like we don't mess with with international folks. It's just, and I don't understand that logic. I understand my logic where I'm an East Coast guy and I refuse yeah. to listen to West Coast music because I was born in that era. But I, I'm actually been I passed that already. I passed that kind of sound. Um, what? How is it on your side when you're looking at that? Is that a real conversation or is that something that adds, is that an extra challenge to get your music to more, uh, a bigger audience? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question, to be honest, because it is something which does come up now and then. I mean, it's bound to come up. Um, but like, <clears throat> let me think, let me actually think about how I'm going to answer this. I mean, the first thing is, as we were discussing before the interview started was, you know, like with technology, we've moved so far now and it's enabled us to be able to send tracks, you know, in an instant to one another, to collaborate on in an instant as well. Um, so, I mean, from that perspective, getting your files to a DJ in the States, very easy. Forming relationships, you know, uh, making acquaintance with other people is very easy. Um, but I feel some DJs are still purists and they look after their local before they look after the global. And I understand that thinking to, to an extent because I've seen it happen. I mean, I used to be, I, I worked in the corporate world before and I've seen how people are there. That's why I thought, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to leave it. I don't like this kind of mentality. You know, you're not, you're, you're only looking after like certain people, you know, but it's a slow process and, and, and it's one which is beginning to change over time. I mean, you see some, some tracks from British artists getting played on Shade 45. I mean, um, shout out Soul Assassins. They played a couple of my joints just a couple of days back and, I didn't expect that because I didn't send them anything. So they must have just got it through word of mouth and, and they played it. So times are changing, but I think it's a gradual process and it will take time. Um, if you look at people like, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of um, Skepta or anybody like that. Skepta, yeah, of course. Skepta and ASAP are tight. They work on a regular basis. You know, they're, they're back and forth from London to, to Harlem and stuff. They're always working. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it's just going to take time, but it started. Uh, it's promising because people are playing our music out there um but i guess everyone has their own taste as well every dj has their taste and they know what what they want to offer their listener base and uh yeah yeah where's the time i mean, I've got, said that too 
because like me and him don't script this like we don't talk about things prior to but that was like a big thing for me too it's like it bothers me that so many people to me are not fully onto you like i would want them to be like i would want them to be because when i hear the music it's like oh this is this is great music music musically this is great lyrically sound so it bothers me too it's like the crossover i think people are so conditioned to to want to hear certain type of hip-hop that it just stays in a certain in a certain you know way so definitely the projects you've done with Stu, the projects now the one you did in 2017 all good projects but i think very slept on very annoying just you know that's my opinion very annoying but it's interesting because like you know how you say that they're so conditioned i read a book um about i think it was charles duhigg it was the power of habit and they had a little section in there about Outcast when um, Outcast dropped Hey Ya. And um, they they had this generator at the time and they'd put a song through it and it would tell you the likelihood that that song was going to be a hit. I don't know how they, what kind of algorithms they used. And that had a 95% chance of being a hit, right? So what they did was they put it on during their regular rotation at 6 p.m. That was like a prime time slot here. And nothing happened. People were like, switching off because they had the analytics people were switching their radio station saying what is this shit da, 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 da. even though people knew who outcast was it was a new sound they weren't used to it that you know people it's very hard to change people's habits because it's so conditioned in listening to a certain melody hence why the saying goes all the music on the radio sounds the bloody same you get me like, I, would, yes. I say that a lot as well and then you know it took some time but what they did was they sandwiched that song between i think at the time blue cantrell was big with Sean, uh, with Sean Paul, breathe, uh, and they played that song twice. But in between that, they played the Outcast song, and they slowly started to change people's habits and and listening. And that's how they influenced them. And then I think it was six or seven weeks later, it was a massive, you know, multi-million making song. So it, it was a gradual process, but they they had needed some kind of intervention. <laughs> we got <laughs> suckered into liking that song, is what I've just learned. We got suckered. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like that for a lot of music, though. They know what yeah. they're doing. They're a machine, you know. They're, I they're, knew they're I didn't like that song. No, I they knew know it. What they're doing. <laughs> you got duped into it, bro. I got duped. I'm glad I don't have that vinyl. I have I have my AT Alien one. That's my favorite Outcast. You ain't duped me that with that one. Um, Fiber, it's 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 an interesting time in hip hop. It's a great time. Um, as well, it's exciting. Yeah. A lot of subgenres of hip hop coming up. I think there's space for everybody to win um, and everybody of to course. move forward. Yeah. Um, a big part of changing the market is also changing how we, at least from how I see, how we promote and put access to our music. There's so many options now with the internet. What's your approach yeah. on how you release your? Your stuff, or at least um, the business side of it, not going into numbers, um, but more of, of there's so many different ways that we've seen it that it's um, sometimes it's hard to figure out how to get the the release. Some people wait to Apple Music. Some people right. are, right. you know, some artists release things on Bandcamp first for a few weeks and then release things digital. What's your approach to the, to that type of of thinking about your music in terms of selling a product. Yeah. Um, well, I I don't want to disclose too many trade secrets. Here, no, no, no but, trade secrets. But but 
but to so, uh, well, the best way to put it is you need to have a strategy in place. And I mean, if you've got enough traction as an artist, you're good enough to just put something out there without any announcement. And you know that that shock factor is good for people. That surprise factor because people love surprises. But you need to be known enough for that. But I mean, I, I, when you're at a stage where you're still on the come up and you're trying to you know acquire bigger audiences, it's all about acquisition. So you have to do it in a tactical way. And planning is key. You know, if you if you um, you know how you know the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I think planning is always important, and that's something which you know through your evolution as an artist you learn. When we first started releasing projects, we were like a week before just whacking up artwork, yeah, bang, we're putting it out. But you realize after a while that marketing is very important, and how you how you appear to people is very important because although you're an artist. You got to seem professional. You got to you got to invest in yourself. You got to make yourself look serious, and you got to make yourself stand you know stand apart from the rest in some some respects. And I think strategy is key. Like you you got to have a timeline of when you're going to do things, timings. Look into it. Um, look at your audiences. When are they engaging with you the most? Uh, what times? What days? What weeks? You know, is it gonna is it gonna drop around the time when there's going to be a multitude of other projects dropping. I mean, there's projects dropping all the time, but you've got to see, you know, in your channel, uh, are there a lot of other projects dropping? Because if that's the case, people may be short of money and they may not have the money to pay for all of the projects at once, you know? We don't all earn a million bucks a year. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's the way it is. Have a strategy in place. And, and that's definitely what we did with this one. That's an interesting like, thing. Yeah. Even with the podcast for us, when I release things and when I release things and the timing of them and when I actually first, the first time I sent out a tweet about something, I usually time it at a certain time. And then the, the yeah. then the second roll of promotion, the third roll are in different times because I already know from the numbers that different audiences are listening at certain times. So I know the first 2,000 Listeners are the hardcore ones. Listen from day one, no matter what time I of drop course. that episode. Like yeah. I'll sometimes I drop an episode at midnight because I'm up late and I want to get it out just so I don't have to think about it the next day. But when I wake yeah. up in the morning, I look at the numbers. I'm like, you're telling me from twelve to eight o'clock that you li that we have this number of listeners. That's a hardcore thing, and I could tell from the East yeah. Coast where in the world they are. Um, so it, even that is the strategy is like it's very. I don't want to get lost in it so much because I just want to produce a release, but it's yeah. important in how we do things. I think, uh, yeah. so those are some interesting, uh, jewels right there. Um, Kalina, you have any, anything to follow up with? Um, you know what? I don't really have so much questions because I'm super happy that you told me that you guys are doing this based off of kind of like a theme, like yeah. you theme this whole thing out. And, and for me, Anything that's themed production wise, any type of any album, it just goes a long way for me because it just it adds that much more. It makes me want to listen more. And you guys thought about it and it, and it you know, you can hear it. And I kind of just wanted to say mostly, if anything, and, and for our listeners, I just don't want them to sleep on you anymore. <laughs> that's it. That's Wake what up. I want you people to Wake know. Up. No questions. Yeah. That's that's what I want people to know. You guys need to just be up on this, man. Don't if, be conditioned. That's it. If you're new to the Crush A Lot podcast, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Do us a favor. You could subscribe to us, but the purpose of the show is to put you on to, to, to new artists, new producers, and nothing like international 
flair to really ignite hip hop because you can look at people like Farm Beats and uh, yeah. Gallo Point and Flu Dust and a bunch of people internationally just doing the work that you guys are excited for. So all your favorite MCs are usually have some project in the work with some international folks coming and hip hop is universal. So keep that in mind. Go check out Fiber's new uh, project. Link is below. A few vinyls are left. Two as of the recording of the pink one. Um, I keep numbers. Keep numbers. Um, we we were supposed to try to, we were trying to work with uh, Gallo to get him here, but you know, just like me, I got kids, man, and they get in the way. So we're, we're going to try to get that uh, for you in a different episode. So we'll do two promos of the album. Look at that. Two promos Perfect. of the album. Hopefully. But if not, man, shout out to him. Yeah, if not, shout out, like yeah, shout, anything, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to him. Always working with the good dudes, man. Yo. Daniel Sun, yeah. Smooth, Fiber. Always working with the good dudes. So shout out to him, even Yo. though he couldn't make it right now yeah that lineup's great his resume speaks for himself fiber we appreciate your time um and we hope to see you down the line especially if you're in brooklyn again let us know oh yeah well hopefully next month hopefully next month uh i'll be there around 17th to 21st of april of april april yeah 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 uh kalina kalina's gonna try to aim be down there on the 20th of april for the daniel yeah isn't it the show yeah yeah, yeah. under yeah. the last scene, we're all gonna be there. So it'll be a perfect time. Well, I'm excited. I better buy my tickets. Yeah. All right, Crush a Lot Podcast. <laughs> we out. Peace. Thank you for having me. Peace, guys.